బ్రహ్మచారి ఆశ్రమ ఉపనయన ద ఉపనయన ఆఫ్ అ బాయ్ ఇస్ పర్ఫార్మ్ వెన్ హీ ఇస్ ఓల్డ్ ఇనఫ్ టు అండర్స్టాండ్ థింగ్స్ అండ్ టు చాంట్ మంత్రాస్ డ్యూరింగ్ దిస్ సెరమనీ హీ ఇస్ ఆస్ టు గో బెగింగ్ ఫర్ ఆమ్స్ బాదం ఈ రిప్లైస్ సో బిఫోర్ హిస్ ఉపనయన ద చైల్డ్ మస్ట్ నో ఇనఫ్ సాన్స్క్రిట్ టు అండర్స్టాండ్ ద మీనింగ్ when he starts learning at the age of 5 he will have a basic knowledge of sanskrit by the time he is 8 years old the age fixed for the upanayana samskara the world will stand to gain if 8 year old children where the sacred thread have sufficient knowledge of sanskrit and chant the gayatri mantra today things have so changed that godlessness is thrust into tender minds upa or near nayana to take or lead near whom or what is taken near the guru that is what upanayana means who is a guru one who has mastered the vedas there is one guru during the brahmacharya ashrama and another during the last ashrama of sanyasa the first guru is learned in the vedas while the second is one who has forsaken all including the vedas in the first ashrama you acquire vidya in the last ashrama you realize jnana upanayana is initiation into the brahmacharya ashrama while samavartana is the completion of the stage of life samavartana means return to repeat from the upanayana to the samavartana is student bachelorhood or brahmacharya ashrama samavartana thus denotes returning home on completing one study of the vedic discipline in the gurukula an entire ashrama or stage in life is set apart for the study of the vedas this is brahmacharya the minimum period for student bachelorhood is 12 years which is the time taken to master the vedas qualities of a brahmacharyan brahmacharya implies adherence to a number of rules with regard to food the performance of rites and the observance of religious acts of devotion if a brahmacharyan makes any mistake in chanting the vedas in the manner of tone or enunciation he must do penance he must do penance at meal time the student can have his fill the only restriction is that he must not give free rein to his appetite he must beg for his food for such a practice makes him humble the shastras do not require him to fast the student must be nourished properly during his growing years but he must at the same time learn to develop pure and virtuous qualities and there must be nothing rude or rough about him it is by serving his gurus it is by serving his guru that these qualities are inculcated in him during the 12 years in the gurukula the student must learn his recension of the vedas on completion of his stay in the gurukula he performs the samvartana returns home and marries
ನೈಷ್ಠಿಕ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಚಾರ್ಯ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಫ್ಯಾಮಿಲಿ ಲೈಫ್ ಆ ಧರ್ಮ ಟೇಕ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ಅಕೌಂಟ್ ದ ನ್ಯಾಚುರಲ್ ಅರ್ಜಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಮ್ಯಾನ್ ದ ಜನರಲ್ ರೂಲ್ ಇಸ್ ದಟ್ ಆನ್ ಇಸ್ ರಿಟರ್ನ್ ಹೋಮ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಗುರುಕುಲ ದ ಸ್ಟೂಡೆಂಟ್ ಮಸ್ಟ್ ಮ್ಯಾರಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸೆಟಲ್ ಡೌನ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಡಿಫಿಕಲ್ಟ್ ಟು ಗೋ ಅಗೇನ್ಸ್ ದ ನ್ಯಾಚುರಲ್ ಅರ್ಜಸ್ ಬಟ್ ಗೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಅಲಾಂಗ್ ವಿತ್ ನೇಚರ್ ಡಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಮೀನ್ ಬೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಸ್ವೆಪ್ಟ್ ಅವೇ ಇನ್ ದ ಫ್ಲೋ ಆಫ್ ಅರ್ಜಸ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಆಲ್ ದ ಗೋಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಅವರ್ ಎಫರ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ರೀಚಿಂಗ್ ದಿ ಅದರ್ ಶೋರ್ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ರಿಲೀಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ಲಿ ಎಕ್ಸಿಸ್ಟೆನ್ಸ್ ದ ಹೌಸ್ ಹೋಲ್ಡರ್ ಮಸ್ಟ್ ಲೀಡ್ ಅ ಲೈಫ್ ಆಫ್ ಧರ್ಮ ವಿತ್ ಇಸ್ ವೈಫ್ ಬಟ್ ಲೇಟರ್ ಹಿ ಮಸ್ಟ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಎ ಫಾರೆಸ್ಟ್ ರಿಕ್ಲೂಸ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ರಿನೌನ್ಸಿಂಗ್ ಎವ್ರಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಎ ಸನ್ಯಾಸನ್ this path to asceticism through stages is based on the fact that curbing the natural instincts forcibly is likely to be harmful a person who decides in his youth to become a naishtika brahmacharyan may later succumb to his natural passions this would be an offense against the ashrama code of conduct and therefore sinful as a householder he is not guilty of any offense if he goes by his natural urges within the constraints of dharma there are exceptions to any rule those who have those those who have firmness and maturity of mind and strength of character obtained from the samskaras performed in an earlier birth may become lifelong brahmacharyans a person who has a light of knowledge in him and is free from passion must live in the forest must live in the forest giving up family responsibilities and performing only vedic rites he must leave his he must leave he must leave his children and property behind and take only his wife with him to the forest the wife however is not meant for carnal pleasure but is a partner in the conduct of rites involving the sacred fire sacrifices aupasana etc this is the meaning of vanaprastha a person qualifies for this stage of life when he, when he is mature enough to leave home and hearth children and relatives later he gives up the vedic karma itself and turns his mind exclusively to the quest of the self this is the time when he enters the sanyasa ashrama the man who has the man who has thus separated himself from his wife and given up vedic works is initiated into sanyasa by his guru he must constantly meditate on the parmatman and experience the truth as an inward reality also he must have the realization that truth am i all else is false play then he is by himself beyond his body and mind as the ultimate truth this is moksha liberation such a man will continue to dwell in his body until the fruits of his past karma are exhausted but he will not be affected by such karma as a sanyasin who has inward realization from the point of view 
of the outside world he may still dwell in his body but even in this state he is liberated he is now a jeevan mukta when the body perishes becomes a videha mukta when the body perishes he becomes a videha mukta and he himself is now the unconditioned ultimate truth he who becomes a sanyasin without having lived as a householder and he who becomes a sanyasin after doing so performing all the 40 samskaras and acquiring all the eight atmic qualities become alike the ultimate truth what is the fate of the man who does not become an ascetic but who keeps performing until his death all the samskaras and cultivates the eight atmic qualities he is cremated on his death is he not after all the majority of people belong to his category what happens to such people after they are dead shankara does not state that they will dissolve in the ultimate reality they do not have the intense urge the burning desire to grasp the brahman abandoning everything if they have the all consuming desire for the truth no force can hold them back from their quest it is because they do not possess such a desire that they do not obtain non dualistic release however they have faith in the shastras and perform works according to them and contribute to the well being of mankind and they are also thereby rendered pure inwardly so though they are not united with the paramatman they go to the presence of ishwara ishwara who is the paramatman with attributes and is behind the affairs of the world this is the same as the brahmaloka in this there is no inseparable dissolution in the paramatman but the man who attains it remains in bliss experiencing ishwara such a state is also to be described as moksha there is nothing wanting there is no sorrow and there is the presence of the lord what more is wanted this state is reached by those who perform all the samskaras even though they do not become ascetics but one day ishwara will put a stop to the activities of all worlds and dissolve them in the great deluge he will now become the nirguna brahman the paramatman without any attributes at this time all those who reside by his side will unite with the paramatman as a paramatman that is attain non dualistic liberation in the great deluge all creatures even those who have not performed any of the prescribed rituals creatures like worms reptiles and so on also will merge in the paramatman then what is special about the one who unites with the supreme being after having performed all the samskaras when the paramatman as the ishwara with attributes creates the worlds again those who do not perform the samskaras will be born again according to the karma of their past lives only those who have properly gone through the samskaras and been rendered pure will be inseparably united with the brahman i have come far from the subject of upanayana 
I had sought an answer to the following question. Can a person remain a brahmacharin all his life? Can a brahmacharin become a sanyasin without going through the stage of the householder? Domestic life and carnal desire. Great men have spoken in the past about the evil done by carnal desire. Remarkably enough, our Vedic dharma has turned the same into an instrument for the purification of the self by means of a samskara and by imparting to it an element of proprietary. It is not easy for an ordinary man to go to the forest and live as a recluse there or become a sannyasin. To become mellow, he has to go through all the rough and tumble of life experience all the joys and sorrows of his worldly existence. In the years of tenderness, he must taste bitter. In boyhood or student bachelorhood, he must taste astringent. As an unripe fruit, he must taste sour. And as a mellow fruit, he must taste sweet. Ordinary people must go through all these stages so as to become mellow finally and to be filled with sweetness. What has not ripened naturally or by itself cannot be ripened forcibly. In this context, one is reminded of the words of Ramalinga Swamigal, who speaks of a prematurely ripe and withered fruit dropping. The sages knew that such would be the result if a man were forced into maturity by going against nature. The duties of marriage and the life of a householder are intended to make a person mellow naturally. Besides, are there not many beings that are to be born again as a consequence of their past karma? How can they be reborn in the absence of the samskara called marriage? The householder has to continue to chant the Vedas he was taught as a brahmacharin. He has also to teach these scriptures perform a number of sacrifices and rites like Aupasana and Sandhyavandana. The Brahmin must keep his body pure. The temple called the body, it enshrines the power of the mantras, must not be defiled by any impurity. There is a difference between the home and the temple. In the home, it is not necessary to observe such strict rules of cleanliness as in the temple. Some corner, some place in the house is meant for the evacuation of bodily impurities, to wash the mouth, to segregate women during their periods. In the temple, there is no such arrangement as in a house. Wherever we live, we require houses as well as temples. In the same way, our body must serve as a house and as a temple for atmic work. The Brahmin's body is to be cared for like a temple since it is meant to preserve the Vedic mantras and no impure material is to be taken in. It is the duty of the Brahmin to protect the power of the mantra, the mantras that create universal well-being. That is why there are more restrictions in his life than in that of others. The Brahmin must refrain from all such acts and practices as make him unclean. 
nor should he be tempted by the sort of pleasures that others enjoy with the body the brahman's body is not meant to experience sensual enjoyment but to preserve the vedas for the good of mankind it is for this purpose that he has to perform many rites he has to care for his body only with the object of preserving the vedic mantras and through them of protecting all creatures others may have comfortable occupations that bring in much money but that should be no cause for the brahmin to feel tempted he ought to think of his livelihood only after he has carried out his duties in the past when he was loyal to his brahmanic dharma the ruler as well as society gave him land and money to sustain himself now conditions have changed and the brahmin today has to make some effort to earn money but he must on no account try to amass wealth nor must he adopt ansastrik means to earn money indeed he must live in poverty it is only when he does not seek pleasure and practices self denial that the light of atmic knowledge will shine in him this light will make the world live the brahman must not go abroad in search of a fortune giving up the customs and practices his hair too his fundamental duty is to preserve the vedic mantras and follow his own dharma earning money is secondary to him gayatri and sandhyavandana at least on sundays all those who wear the sacred thread must do gayatri japa a thousand times they must not eat unclean food go to unclean places and atone for lapses in ritual observances and in maintaining ritual purity henceforth they must take care to see that their body is kept chaste and fit for it to absorb mantric power even in times of misfortune the gayatri must be muttered at least 10 times at dawn midday and dusk these are hours of tranquility at dawn all creatures including human beings rise and the mind is serene now at dusk all must be restful after a day's hard work that is also a time of calm at noon the sun is at its height and people are at home and relaxed and their mind is calm during these hours we must meditate on the gayatri gayatri contains in itself the spirit and energy of all the vedic mantras indeed it imparts power to other mantras without gayatri japa the chanting of all other mantras would be futile we find hypnotism useful in many ways and we talk of hypnotic power gayatri is a hypnotic means of liberating ourselves from worldly existence as well as of controlling desire and realizing the goal of a birth we must keep blowing on the spark that is the gayatri and must take up gayatri japa as a religious act of devotion the spark will not be extinguished if we do not take to ansastrik ways of life and if we do not make our body unchaste gayatri japa and argya are the most important rites of sandhya vandana the least a sick weak person must do 
is to offer argya and mutter the gayatri 10 times oh only these two are important aren't they so that's all we will do offer argya and mutter the gayatri 10 times if this be our attitude in due course we are likely to give up even these that are vital to sandhya vandana a learned man remarked in jest about people who perform argya and mutter the gayatri only 10 times thus applying to themselves the rule meant for the weak and the unfortunate they will always remain weak and will be victims of some calamity or other sandhya vandana must be performed properly during the right hours during the mahabharata war when water was not readily available the warriors gave argya at the right time with dust as a substitute argya must be offered before sunrise at noon and at sunset these are the three times when you ought to offer argya by bathing in the ganga your sins will be washed away only by the intense repetition of gayatri shall we be able to master the vedic mantras this japa of gayatri and the argya must be performed every day without fail at least once in our lifetime we must bathe in the ganga and go on pilgrimage to setu if a man has high fever people looking after him must pour into his mouth the water with which sandhya vandana has been performed today it seems all of us are suffering all the time from a high fever when you run a high temperature you have to take medicine similarly the gayatri is essential to the self and its japa must not be given up at any time it is more essential to your inner being than medicine is to your body sandhya vandana must be performed without fail every day gayatri japa can be practiced by all of us without much effort and without spending any money all that you require is water sandhya vandana is indeed as easy means to ensure your well being so long as there is life in you you must perform it gayatri must be worshiped as a mother the lord appears in many forms to bestow his grace and compassion on his devotees mother loves us more than anybody else we know no fear before her and talk to her freely of all the forms in which bhagavan manifests himself that form in which he is revealed as the mother is liked most by us the vedas proclaim gayatri to be such a mother the mantras are numerous before we start chanting any of them we say why we are doing so mention the fruit that it will yield the benefit we derive from the gayatri mantra is the cleansing of the mind even other mantras have their ultimate purpose but cleansing of the mind is a direct result of gayatri japa even in these days it is not difficult to perform sandhya vandana both at dawn and dusk office goers and other workers may not be at home during midday they may perform the midday prayers 2 hours 24 minutes after sunrise we must never miss the daily sandhya vandana unless we find it absolutely impossible to perform when we fall ill in our helplessness we ask others for water and food
in the same way we must ask a relative or friend to perform sandhya vandana on our behalf let us all pray to the lord that he will have mercy upon us so that the fire of the mantra is never extinguished in us and that it will keep burning brighter and brighter what about women i said that the twice born must perform sandhya vandana with the well being of women and other jatis in mind i also explained why all samskaras are not prescribed for the fourth varna now we must consider the question of women why they do not have such rituals and samskaras even though we perform the certain ceremonies including naming ceremonies for newborn girls and celebrate their first birthday we do not conduct their upanayana nor their other samskaras or vows laid down for brahmacharyans of course they have the marriage samskara but in other rites like sacrifices the main part is that of the husband though she as a wife has to be by his side in upasana alone does a woman have a part in making oblations in the sacred fire why is it so what reason did i mention for the fourth varna not having to perform many of the samskaras that these were not necessary considering their vocations and the fact that they can work for the welfare of the world without the physical and mental benefits to be derived from the samskaras if they also spend their time in vedic learning and in sacrifices what will happen to their duties so most of the samskaras are not necessary for them they reach the desired goal without these rites by carrying out their duties just as society is divided according to occupations and the samskaras are correspondingly different so too there are differences between men and women in domestic life running a household means different types of work cooking keeping the house clean bringing up the children etc by nature women can do these chores better than men if they also take an active part in rituals what will happen to such work each by serving her husband and by looking after her household becomes inwardly pure in truth there is no disparity between men and women nor are women discriminated against as present day reformers allege work is divided for the proper maintenance not only of the home but the nation on the whole and care has been taken not to have any duplication there is no intention in lowering the status of any section in this division of labor the body in the case of certain people is meant to preserve the mantras and there are samskaras which have the purpose of making it worthy of the same why should the same rituals be prescribed for those who do not have such task to carry out glassware to be sent by railway parcel is specially taken care of since it is fragile even greater care is taken in dispatching kerosene or petrol if the same precautions are not taken in transporting other goods does it mean that they are poorly thought of astronauts are kept in isolation before being sent up in space 
and after they are returned mantras have their own radiation that is even more powerful than what is found in space if you appreciate this fact you will understand why brahmans are separated from the rest and special samskaras prescribed for them the body of a brahman is involved in the nurturing of mantras so from the time of conception itself it is to be made pure through samskaras there are samskaras with the same objective also after the boy child is born the vocations have to be properly divided for the welfare of mankind if everybody paid attention to this fact instead of talking of rights it would be realized that the sastras have not discriminated against women or any of the jatis the high status of our women those who complain that women have no right to perform sacrifices on their own must remember that men too have no right to the same without a wife if they knew this truth they would not make the allegation that hindu sastras look down upon women a man can perform sacrifices only with his wife he does them for the well-being of all mankind and for his own inner purity it is for this purpose that after the samvartana following the completion of his student bachelorhood he goes through the samskara called marriage marriage is known as sahadharma charini samprayoga it means union with a wife together with whom a man practices dharma the clear implication is that carnal pleasure is not its chief purpose but the pursuit of dharma the sastras do not ask a man to pursue dharma all by himself but require him to take a helpmate for it the wife is called dharma patni thus underlining her connection with dharma and not with kama or sensual pleasure here is proof of the high esteem in which the sastras hold women the celibate student and the ascetic alike follow the dharma of their respective ashramas not in association with anyone else the householder has to conduct the karma as well as the dharma of domestic life with his wife as a companion such being the rule laid down in the sastras the dharma of domestic life is a common property only a householder with a wife may perform sacrifices not student bachelors and ascetics if the wife are meant only for sensual gratification would the dharma sastras have insisted that a man cannot perform sacrifices after her death women libers who note that a woman cannot perform a sacrifice on her own must also recognize the fact that the husband loses the right for the same without the wife and this is according to the veda themselves a great man lamented thus at the time of his wife's death you have taken away all my sacrifices as well as other rituals our sastras have thus given a high place to women in the matter of duties and works sri gurubhyo namaha